As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Man, did this dude just did this? With the 20th pick in the 2016 NBA Draft, the Indiana Pacers select Karis LeVert from the University of Michigan. The problem is you don't want to mess with a bat because, as you may know, they can be ratted. So there goes our test after somebody in the stands. And he is going after a fan, and he is waylaying a fan, and this thing is now getting ugly. Got them all? Justin Holliday has come in all three. Do we have them all? He did first time in NBA history. that three brothers on the floor at the same time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod podcast. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action in 2021 and beyond. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. That's huge for me as a Survivor fan and Season 41 coming out soon. Real-time updated odds and prots on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website and use our mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 50% of whatever you put in, you get bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I got an important ad read here for anybody that wears shoes. I mean, they're kind of important. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. And with eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection on the sneakers you purchase before they're sent to you. So you can shop confidently knowing your pair is the real deal. And for the sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated their selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. That's right, free. No fees at all. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money left over for more sneakers. Check out ebay.com sneakers today. Welcome back to another episode of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. Tonight's a very special edition episode. Um, not really going to get so much, in my opinion, into uh, the shitstorm of the Pacers games from the last couple weeks. But uh, we have a guest on the show here tonight, joining Hawk and myself. Jake is out tonight. Um, he kind of went on a Twitter rampage last night, so I think he's taking a night off. Um, so tonight to take his place here for the beginning of the show, uh, he asked us to come on and, uh, he, he needed to rant. So, uh, we, we definitely were, we're glad to have him. So, uh, W Jeremy W Miller, we have him here on the show. He's here to rant. I don't know what he wants to rant about, but he said he's got to get some things off his chest. So Hawk, before he starts, I'll let you chime in. W- what do you think we're about to hear in the next, you know, 10, 15 minutes from this guy. Well, I mean, we have the same record as the Bulls. I think the Knicks have a better record than us at that point. The Hoosiers are absolute dog shit. So we were talking a little bit before we started recording. I I, I don't know where this is going to go either, and, and I can't wait because I because we're so bad. We just need to – we need someone to tell it, tell us the truth and tell it how it is. Stop telling us it's going to be okay. I just want to know what's really going on, and I think this is the guy that will do it. All right, W, the floor is yours. Well, boys, thank you for uh, having me on and uh, uh, been enjoying uh, being on Twitter with you guys during the games, and that's been about it. Uh, First thing I would like to address is the people that are calling for Bjorken's head. You're nuts. Our roster sucks. It wouldn't matter if John wouldn't come out of the grave and come back to coaches. This team would be dog shit, period. And uh, you all know my feelings on Miles Turner. 
and I eased up on Miles there for a little bit, but I'm officially done with Miles Turner completely and totally. I don't want to hear about how many shots the dude blocks a game. I don't care. He can't defend. Uh, he, he's a shitty on-ball defender. He's more than useless offensively. What is he shooting? 30-some percent for three? Big yeah. deal. I don't care. He's weak. He gets abused by everybody. And last night, he got abused in a, a tragic, tragic way. And I was so glad to see Embiid actually called it out for what it was today. He's like, yeah, I've dominated that dude since I come into the league. Turner is terrible. And the other thing that bothers me more than anything is Quinn, Chris, the Pacers, Turner's fanboys, everybody makes excuses for him over and over and over again. It's like they're trying to force feed down our throat that he is actually worth a shit. And what I'm seeing on the floor is not really happening. I'm sorry. Everybody needs to wake up, realize he is what he is, ain't going to be no better, and it's time to move him. I said something last night on Twitter uh, to Rhett Bauer. I don't even know who he is. He's like, well, who are you going to trade him for? And I said, I'd trade him for any athletic wing at this point. Well, it's hard to trade for an athletic wing uh, when you've got a center. Then trade him for draft picks. I don't care. But this team, as it is currently comprised, will compete for absolutely nothing. And we've seen that over the last three or four games. Yeah, and in the playoffs over the last three or four seasons. I mean, there was a point this year, like you said, where we were not giving Miles as much gripe as he probably deserved. But, I mean, when you're winning and he had some decent games, but at the end of the day, we know what he is time and time again. He's just average guy that can block shots. And when you have some bonus, you don't really want that to pair with him at all. No. And are, are you guys in agreement with that? Or am I just the, the cranky old man that has never liked Miles Turner? Is, are people starting to see what he truly is? And to be honest, I don't I, – the best deal we could have got for him would have been Hayward. It would have been. If that would have went through, that would have been the best case scenario for us. I don't know what we get in return for Miles Turner. Who the hell is clamoring for a dude that can block three and a half shots a game and give you three boards and eight points offensively? I mean, serious. And don't tell me it's the system. I don't give a shit what system you put him in. He's an underperformer and he's an underachiever. He always has been. He always will be. You guys remember what the big thing was with him coming out of the draft too? And I'm seeing it more and more every time I watch the game. His feet. Yeah. Dude's got bad feet. Runs down the floor and looks like a baby deer on ice skates, dude. He is one bad step away from breaking one of those big clubs of his and being down and out over there with Levert and Warren and everybody else that's injured. It is time to move him. He is baby shit soft, period. End of story. I would, uh, I would say on my end, I'm not low. I'm not as low as him definitely as you are. And I understand you've, you've had your back and forth with him throughout the year. So I, I completely get what you're going or coming from. I would say maybe his biggest fault is, I think from like people on Twitter and as you said, you know, broadcast and everything kind of like that. I think people have put such lofty expectations on him. Like he's going to be, you know, the next star of the Indiana Pacers. And I, that's definitely, that's not who he is. And, and that's no fault of his own. I think he's, you know, he's a solid player in the NBA. Um, I, he's a solid role player on, on a good team, I believe. But I think people put these expectations on him. Like he's going to be, you know, a one or two on a team. And that's, that's certainly not the case. So I think, I think that's part of it. There is, is people, you know, look at him, like he's got the potential to be a number one or number two guy. And that's just not what he is. Um, and, and then the other thing too, I think is, I mean, definitely on this team, you know, with the two centers, I, I completely understand that it's, it's just not working. Um, and, and for those who, you know, go back and forth trying to pick between the two. I think it's pretty obviously obvious that Sabonis is the guy that you would build your future around. And, and I don't really understand why you would pick the other way. So I'm not, I don't have my pitchforks and dying to have Turner dealt or anything like that, but I know exactly what you're saying. Um, you know, just based on, you know, the way 
the way things are played in the NBA nowadays, two centers isn't going to work at the same time. And, and we've seen that. So um, definitely I'm, I'm not, I'm not all in on the Turner Turner hatred, but uh, I, I get the the points that you're making for sure. And it's the I, inconsistency I'm not saying, too. He's just so I, inconsistent. I, yeah. I'm not saying I hate the guy. I'm sure he's an okay person. He just is not a great basketball player, period. And to your point, yes, they built him up. And I blame Larry Bird for building him up to be the the next be-all, end-all Indiana Pacer. Bird's been gone for a while, boys, okay? Mm -hmm. That ship sailed. It's time for everybody to take a look and see what you got. And for anybody out there on Twitter who says, well, Sabonis should go before Turner. That's absolutely insane. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and these are the same idiots that just preach analytics this, numbers this. Go look at a stat line, people. I mean, it, it doesn't pass the eye test either. Anybody who watches the game objectively can see that Sabonis is, he's the best player on the Pacers right now, period. And we need to build around him. And it's like I said last night when I texted you guys, uh, everybody's on the table as far as I'm concerned. I am, I'm thoroughly disappointed with the growth of uh, Aaron Holiday. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he is a turnover machine, dude. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, uh, bright spot, McConnell. McConnell gives you that effort that hustle he's the only dog i would say on our team that's that's the one thing we lack more than anything is just toughness mental toughness on the floor toughness i mean back when the pacers were good you had an enforcer type person you had a dale davis and antonio davis hell nobody gave rick smiths any shit but there's not one dude on the pacers that i see getting into a squab about anything maybe tj warren but i honestly don't think he's going to play again this year i mean we've got a bunch of nice guys but that doesn't translate into winning basketball period and i think the pacers were so they wanted to get so away from that thuggish period where we had the brawl and tinsley got caught with the ak-47 in front of the conrad and all that other stuff that we've went just completely and totally vanilla and we have nobody that has any passion there at all i did see domas and i don't know if you guys noticed it the other night at the end of the Knicks game i believe it was he got really pissed when there was a bad pass made in to him and he ended up having to foul the guy to get him to keep him yeah. from getting a fast break we're starting to see some frustration from sabonis and, and I like seeing that he cares, but it also worries me that he's going to be the next star that's going to want to say, I want the hell out of here unless you're going to get me some help. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, hitting on there, things that you don't like, and I have another topic here I want to get your take on, but before then, anything positive in your mind right now on this team, any – you know, anything you've actually liked from what you've seen, take the last two weeks out of it. You know, obviously there's, as you know, short-term memory wise, we don't like anything right now at the time being. Is there anything that you've actually liked? I've season? liked, yeah, I've, I've liked the fact that we've gotten uh, McDermott more involved. I love the way that dude moves without the ball. I think him and Sabonis, the, the two-man game is, is nice. Uh, Justin Holiday has really shot the ball pretty well for us. Warren, Warren was, he was good in February, but my, my worry about not Warren, but Brogdon, he was good in February. Yeah. I, I, I worry about the amount of minutes that we're putting on all these guys, especially him being injury prone. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I would like to see Brogdon take more of that leadership role especially since Vic is gone. And we can talk about that too, if you want to, because I got issues with Vic. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's, let's just go ahead and let's air those out. So, uh, you know, he's, there's more news about him about turning down another extension from the Rockets. Uh, they offered him like two years, $46 million, something like that. And he turned that down 
And now there's reports that he has his eyes set on Miami, which is what we've heard pretty much for the last year and a half or two years or so. So uh, your thoughts on, on Oladipo, um, you know, how it played out with the Pacers and how it's going now. Uh, I was completely and totally disgusted with how Oladipo handled that entire thing. The state, uh, the, the state of Indiana stood behind him. He got injured. We brought him back. It was a great feel good deal. And then, uh, COVID happened and, and everything else. And then you, you hear this shit about him playing down there in the bubble, telling them guys on Miami wants to play with them. Uh, the whole, uh, whatever singer deal that he did. What the hell was that called? <laughs> mass singer. singer. Yeah. The mass singer, all that shit. I just, he wasn't serious. You know what I mean? Yeah. He wasn't. You didn't see Jordan out there doing the mass singer, did you? And yeah. he wants to, he wants to be one of the best in the NBA there ever was, and he's out doing that shit. And then we find out later that the Pacers offered him an extension, and they was going to give him a max deal, wasn't they? And he said he wouldn't stay for it? I don't think it was a max deal, but it was based on the injury he just had. It was a decent amount of money. So he was either banking on getting paid for, you know, four more years at like $25 million, or he was going to – you know, risk it and his injury never, you know, fully healed. So he, he, it wasn't a max, but it was, it was up there based on what just happened to him. Well, I wanted him gone before the start of this season because I thought he was going to be a cancer to the locker room. And I stated that several times on Twitter and everybody's like, no, the depot, we, we all love Victor, whatever, dude, you don't do that to a team. You don't. And I could give a shit less what he does the rest of his NBA career. He can go down there to Miami and stick his head up Jimmy Butler's ass if he wants to. <laughs> it does not matter to me one bit. And I give some some idiot today on Twitter said, oh, it's time to get rid of Pritchard. Dude, I give Pritchard props for dumping that cancer and picking up Levert. Uh, you know, I'm thank God Levert, they they found his cancer deal and they took care of it. And he's going to be back on the floor again. To me, that was a win-win. We got rid of a problem and we brought in what I feel like is going to be a pretty good player for the Pacers. But uh, Victor's time in Indiana, I just want to forget that it was ever even here about like PG. They're right up there in the same category for me. And I'm an IU fan. So, I mean, I cheered for Victor when he was down there at Bloomington, but he's dead to me now, boys. So piss on Victor Oladipo. I said it. But you're excited. You know, I, I think the Pacers definitely got the best, you know, the best offer they could get there, bringing in Levert, you know, swooping in that James Harden deal. So uh, Levert, uh, he's not, you know, he's not a superstar, but he's a solid player. Um, I think he's still got a lot of potential. He's still very young. So um, he uh, he played at Michigan there for several years. Pacers drafted and ended up trading him with that young. So he comes back. So are you, uh, what are you looking from Levert, you know, joining this team? Um, are you excited about him, you know, possibly playing sometime this month? Yeah, I think we're going to see Levert. I honestly don't think we'll see TJ Warren this year. I don't. I don't I, I, and they're, they're not going to tell anybody that, but let's be re realistic, boys. This season's in the shitter. Uh, I'd make sure he got 100% healthy because I do think TJ Warren is a stud. I think he's a walking yeah. bucket. He he's proved to us that he he will play some defense. There's no doubt we miss him and we're missing Lavert, but those are not going to cure our on-ball defensive issues, our absolutely getting abused on the boards issues that we currently have. That is a personnel problem that has only changed through roster changes. Period. Yeah. End of story. I don't don't give a shit what anybody says. We're not going to compete with this roster as it is currently constructed. And there's going to have to be some guys that uh, people like that are going to have to go because they just don't fit. If it doesn't fit, it doesn't work. So and I'm not ready to run Bjorken out of town because he was left with a shitty roster with two of the main guys that are injured. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Well, yeah, and you're, you're changing systems. So McMillan had a lot more success because, you know, with this roster, because he played more slow-paced 
you know, nineties basketball, dribble the ball into the ground for 20 seconds and take a bad shot or mid range shot. And, you know, that's, that's not the way Bjorken wants to play. And it's hard for him because with Turner and Sabonis, he, you know, he's got, he's playing them both at start at starting together. So it's just this roster and, and there's no shooting. There's really no shooting on this team. So this roster is not built to his strengths as a coach, in my opinion. No, I don't think it's built to the way he, he wants to coach us. I mean, yeah. I think he's, he's wanting to develop a little bit more of a, a modern game, but you ain't going to do it with uh, the players that we've got now, period. We need, we need a stretch for athletic wing that can shoot the jumper and can defend the three. You know what I mean? And yep. we don't have it on this roster, and I don't know where we go get it. I mean, do you guys have any thoughts? Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's going to be tough because – I mean, free agent wise, I don't know what they can really do. So they'd have to do a deal where, and we're going to talk about that. I think sometime in the next couple of weeks is our trade scenarios, but they'd have to package, you know, something like Turner, maybe Jeremy Lamb or something like that for a player like that. I believe Jeremy Lamb, I think is a solid player, but he doesn't play a lick of defense. Um, I think he's a real, he's a good guy. Um, You know, he can really score the basketball and, and, you know, at times, sometimes he's inconsistent. So I think it would take, you know, miles and a deal and and then, you know, something, maybe you could flip Jeremy Lamb for something, but uh, I I don't know. I I don't think that player is going to come in free agency. I think they'd have to get that player be a trade. Yeah. You'd have to get a disgruntled guy out and really miles Turner is the one guy you'd hope to to use as trade bait. But like you said, I don't know how greatest trade value is right now so you'd probably have to swing for the fences on a younger guy like Pritchard's done before I the thing is I've always trust Pritchard making moves it's just right now I wish he'd make a few more you know that's what kind of what we're sitting on yeah absolutely I'm I I was pissed that we decided to run it back and weren't more aggressive in the offseason anyhow but yeah I mean I think he knew this Victor deal I think they knew all along that was going to happen at the start of the year you know what I mean? I and, and I'm all for, I like the fly guy, uh, lamb. I do, but you're right. He don't play a stitch of defense. And, uh, there's one time last night Embiid was coming down the lane there and all he had to do was stand there and he could have got a charge and yeah, he got yeah. the hell out of the way. There was, and there's, there's a lot of patients that did that last night. And, me as an old school basketball guy, I want to see you step in there and take a charge. I don't give a shit if he's bigger than you or not. You know what I mean? God, be a man. We just ain't got no dogs on this team, dude. That's all there is to it. We don't. Nobody, nobody's got any nuts. Everybody's neutered. It's There's tragic. a problem with that throughout the NBA, I'd say, but that just makes you appreciate guys like Jimmy Butler so much more because they're a dime a dozen, or they're not a dime a dozen, I should say. And, you know, just that tenacity, TJ McConnell, Lance Stevenson. If you can get a guy like that on your team, it just makes it so much more fun and exciting because people buy in. The energy is there. Like, it's just – I agree. Last night was the most embarrassing loss of the season, and I didn't even watch the fourth quarter because I, I just couldn't. You know, it's just disgusting. What is Lance doing? Does anybody know? Not um, he was – he's not playing overseas right now, so I, I think he's back home here, not in Indiana. He's probably in New York, but I think he's training. So, I think – I know I know that he – tried to enter the G league draft and uh, he wasn't selected, but that wasn't because he wasn't good enough. It was because none of the veterans got taken in that draft. So he tried to, to play in the G league. Well, if, if I was Pritchard, I would pick up the phone and I would call that dude just so he doesn't lose the rest of the fan base completely because we need something to motivate us. Period. Yeah. I mean, because it's just, it is, and I like Brogdon, I do, but he ain't, he's not a leader. He's not a dog. You know what I mean? You, you, you got to have somebody who's going to to spark, to give you a spark. And I don't, I, I think McConnell's about the only one that gives us any kind of spark. And yeah, that, that's, McConnell can only do so much. He can only steal so many inbounds passes a game to get us all cranked up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really... <laughs> I'm just bummed out. We go from the four seed to out of the playoffs. And now I'm, 
I'm ready to pack it up, pack it in, and see what the hell there is in the draft, honestly. Yeah, and, and I mean, the Pacers have never – you know, I'm not giving <laughs> up on the season yet, but if you do look at the month of March, it it's very scary to look at the upcoming schedule and, and how things could play out. So if they get a certain number of games under 500, I think that's when you have to have that conversation, especially with T.J. Warren. No need to rush him back really no reason to rush him back now because I mean, you're dealing with the Brooklyn Nets in the East at this point, And there's no way the Pacers, even if they made it to a conference finals, which won't happen, there's no way they beat that team in a seven game series. Um, and so there, there's no chance for the Pacers to make it out of the East this year or make a playoff run. So now's the time. If, if you want to get healthy and, and, you know, you know, get some guys, some rest and things like that. Now's the time to go for that that you know top 10 pick but also on the same you know the other side of the coin is the way this team is drafted the last you know several years I wouldn't trust them with that top 10 pick because we see how that's played out and obviously they weren't you know super high picks but if you have one knock on Kevin Pritchard and his tenure so far with the Pacers it's it's been his drafting everything else has been you know he went out and got Malcolm Brogdon in free agency it was a great pickup for the organization considering guys like him usually don't sign with, you know, the Pacers. Um, and then the trades he's made, I think have also been excellent. So the only knock on him and it, it is his drafting. Um, so that kind of scares me is if we get a top 10 pick, are, is it really going to cash out? Oh, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, all you got to do is go back to the go-go pick. My God, how's that how's that worked out for us, boys? Absolutely terrible. Oh, terrible. I told you that night. You called me when we picked him. I we knew all it. knew it. We were all saying he was going to be bad. So yeah. you can't just act like that was just you that called that. Everybody mm-hmm. in the world called that. He has not he's, proven us wrong at all. He's, he's shit, and anybody who says he's not doesn't know basketball or they just got something for go-go. I don't know. Yeah. But this is a chance. I mean, we saw Sumner. We've seen Sumner a little bit more here. Sumner's athletic as hell, but he couldn't throw it in the ocean from the beach. Do you see that one <laughs> jumper that he shot last night? I thought it was going to break the rim. That was I mean, really bad. <laughs> oh, dude. I mean, that's that's terrible. I've seen better shots in fifth and sixth grade basketball games. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, he, he can get to the basket at will. He, he's quick sure. on the floor. He's a good defender. I mean, he's got – He's got a lot of potential, uh, but yeah, the shooting, that's, I don't think that's going to ever be anywhere halfway decent, but I mean, he, he does a lot of good things out there when he gets minutes. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, holiday, uh, I, I expected more out of him at this point, Aaron, mm-hmm. not Justin. I mean, I think Justin pretty well, he plays within himself. Aaron tries to do too much. A lot yeah. of the time and just ends up turning the ball over and that pisses me off more than anything. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm ready to move on from him. He's, he's a dime a dozen in the NBA too. I mean, how many Aaron holidays have we had DJ Augustine? He reminds me of him a little bit, except for DJ was bigger. You know what yeah. I mean? So it, he he's nothing that's that you want to build around. You can't put him in the starting lineup. We've proved that. Yeah. So, I mean, Cassius Stanley, is he going to be in the dunk contest or not? He is. Yes, he is. Did I did I read before we got on here that there's only three people in the slam dunk contest? Um, I think so far there's only three that have accepted, so they're probably still looking for one more. I'm not sure. Maybe maybe that is the case because I know they announced some other things tonight. Sabonis is in the skills challenge, though. What's that, Jax? My son just said there's only three. God, we have okay. become such a bunch of pussies, man. Only three people in the slam dunk contest. Come on. Yeah, I know Zion, the Hawks boy Zion, he uh, he declined an invitation. So, uh, yeah. But but as I said, Sabonis is in the skills challenge. I think he did that last year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I was glad to see Sabonis got royally hosed on not just being selected to the all-star team. That's shit, and I blame the Pacers as much as anybody else on that, because we were pushing three guys when in reality, we only had one person that had a chance of being an all-star and it was Sabonis. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to hear about Turner's window cleaning bullshit and whatever they had for Brogdon, his little thing there that Quinn and those guys were pushing during the games. Quinn's really been getting on my nerves, dude. 
I mean, that's what happens when you're losing. I it's like Quinn Evans. Well, yeah, I mean, winning cures everything, but God, the constant. Oh, Miles Turner, he took it to the rim. Who gives a shit? Why don't he do it every time? He did it three times at the beginning of the game last night, and they was ready to endorse him as the next damn Bill Russell. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, it just it drives me insane. I wish I I wish Quinn actually was on Twitter so I could tweet at Quinn. So I believe uh, he, he does have a Twitter account, but he never uses it. Oh, uh, he never uses it. And, yeah. and boys, I've I've been uh, I follow Alex Golden. I like Alex and those guys, and they're all just too damn positive right now. Everybody needs to snap into reality and realize this team is shit period no i agree it i is. think there's a lot there's way too much positivity for pacers fandom from what i've seen and then when you see people like being somewhat negative or critical people jump on them it's it's not the internet i grew accustomed to it's not the internet i know and love the internet i know and love is like a hateful dark place and for some reason <laughs> a, that's a why pacers I like team that the knicks are better than people want to give them credit I, if you're not pissed off as a fan or refusing to watch the end of the games or motherfucking miles Turner, something like something's wrong with your brain mentally. Like you cannot just sit there and take it time and time again and say, yes, sir. May I have another, like there's gotta be a breaking point. And for some people there's not, I guess. Uh, That's we've become a society of pussies period. That's all there is to it, bud. Yeah. I'm telling you. Um, Last thing here before we let you go uh, that I, that I do want to get your thoughts on. Um, is uh, we kind of talked about there's this bonus all star selection wasn't originally selected an all star but ended up Kevin Durant setting out the all star game so Sabonis is taking his spot. Um, on Twitter, and we haven't talked about this yet, so Hawk can also speak to it as well. Uh, Nate Duncan, I don't even know where he's affiliated with, I know he does some league pass stuff and he's got a podcast with John Hollinger who uh, used to work at ESPN, had a job with the Grizzlies there. These two guys are a bunch of – both are big analytics nerds. Um, Duncan is notorious from last year when he said Sabonis was one of the worst all-stars in the last few years to be selected. Um, And then Chris Denary went at him on Twitter, and he was like, well, we'll see how many game – all-star games he actually makes by the end of his career. So – uh, people are going back in on him because this is, you know, Sabonis' second all-star game he's been selected to. Um, and and Nate Duncan, you know, this past week is just in shambles again, tweeting out, you know, some Sabonis criticism. He just can't handle that Sabonis is an all-star and selected to the game once again. So your thoughts on, on those two, specifically Nate Duncan. I know you've seen it. What, what are your thoughts on this guy? Nate Duncan's a tool bag, period. <laughs> Anybody who's an analytics person is a tool bag. My I've, I've, I've dealt with it all year. My son's basketball coach is a big analytics guy and boys, I'm here to tell you if it looks like shit and it smells like shit and it tastes like shit, it's shit. I don't give a damn what the numbers say. If it don't pass the eye test, it's, it's, it's shit. So I don't take anything that Nate Duncan or any of those other analytics dipshits take and say, I I don't care. I don't care. If it don't pass the eye test, don't talk to me about it. So anybody out there in their right mind that can look at Sabonis' body of work and has watched him play and then come with some stupid analytics shit and say he's not deserving of an all-star, is not a serious person. And frankly, they're just not that damn intelligent. So, yeah, yeah it's on Nate Duncan. All I got to say is your son's basketball coach has to hate you. There's no way in hell you have a good relationship with that guy. Uh, my son's a senior, got his last game probably uh, coming up Friday. Uh, my son soldiered through all the bullshit, and I haven't said anything to the coach this year. Uh, kind of waiting for it all to get over with. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a whole different story. We can do a whole podcast on that, bud, because I got issues issues there real, real bad. But anybody who – who in the hell coaches based solely on analytics? Didn't that one dipshit in the World Series – didn't analytics say they should have took that one pitcher out and had that work for him? Yeah, Blake yeah. Snell, and he, he, hasn't, he hasn't relived it here. He's only relived it since, I should say. 
Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just one example. And I'm sure there's hundreds, I mean, coaches at, at all levels now, I mean, I don't know if they're, they're looking at analytics or they're getting on and watching YouTube videos uh, from Europe. I know uh, my son's coach, he likes to do that. And that's worked, <laughs> that's worked out real well for us. Did, did an inbound play the other night there, bud where uh, we were standing out of bounds under the basket. And then one of our other guys ran out of bounds and we threw the ball to him. And if it would have been a good referee, it would have been called a turnover because the dude that came in from inbounds to out of bounds didn't set himself. And, boy, I turned around, looked at the other parents in the stands, and I'm like, boy, he must have seen that shit on YouTube today because I ain't never seen nothing like that. But we won the game. But even the sun shines on a dog's ass from time to time. True that. So, all right. So before we let you go here, W, any, any other things that you want to get off your chest before, uh, before we let you out of here? No, I think that'll about do it. Get with me in a couple more weeks after this next stretch we're going to have, we should talk in April. Yeah. Uh, April, beginning of April, that's not going to be a fun conversation. I have a feeling. No. Yeah, nah. A shout out to Gingerbread Nick and uh, Sobro Pacers fan and all those guys. Uh, I like their takes on Twitter and everything. And uh, you're talking about Dewan right now. Yes. Oh yeah, the horniest man on Twitter. Hell yeah, he is, dude. I follow him. There's all kinds of crazy shit comes up on there. And that dude's married too, ain't he? How in the hell does that work out? It's so, why he, he was on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, he was asking about what kind of flowers and shit plant in front of his house the other night. Uh, he's going to do some landscaping. I'm like, I'm a farmer. I can tell you what you want. We had a nice yeah. conversation, but yeah, yeah I enjoy talking uh, to all those guys. He's in Atlanta, and we, uh, we, when we started the podcast, he was one of the first people to reach out to us, and we have a good relationship with him, like we do with you. And so he's texting a lot and messaging us a lot. It's just pretty cool that he's all the way down in Georgia. You know, big fan of the Pacers, and we've actually oh, met yeah. him at a fan jam. Um, in person so that was pretty neat as well yeah he's awesome when all that crazy shit was going on in Atlanta I'd, I'd hit him up on Twitter and check on him see how they was all doing and get his take on what was going on when the riots and all that shit was happening but yeah. they're good dudes man I, I enjoy interacting with everybody on Twitter and appreciate everything you guys do and uh, just just happy to be a part of it man it's just too bad that the Pacers absolutely suck balls right now <laughs> they'll be good yeah, again it, one day hopefully we will be. As soon as we get rid of Turner, I think it's a turnaround. Yep. All right, folks. Well, there you have it. Jeremy W. Miller joining us here on the podcast this evening. Appreciate your time here tonight, Jeremy. And uh, be sure to check out your takes over the next couple of weeks in the month of March. I'm sure it's going to be electric. All right, boys. Take care. See you. All righty. Bye. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action in 2021 and beyond. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. That's huge for me as a Survivor fan in season 41 coming out soon. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website and use our mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 50% of whatever you put in, you get bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Interrupt this part of the podcast to talk to you guys again about eBay sneakers, the number one place to go to buy and sell sneakers online. In partnership with eBay, Armchair Media will be raffling off four custom-made sneakers. Each purchase you can make before March 31st through ebay.com sneakers will enter you in a drawing for a chance for one pair of Air Force One low tops. Just send a screenshot of your purchase to at armchair media on twitter or instagram and you'll be entered into this raffle ebay.com backslash sneakers all right well we're back that interview with jeremy w miller is sponsored by grizzly long cut wintergreen shawl um what can you say about that that stuff hawk Grizzly long cut shawl. I mean, you can get it in fine cut. You can get it in pouches. You can get it uh, dark. There's all different kinds. If you're looking 
to remove your bottom lip, it's the best way to start. You know, and that's obviously fake. He just, it, it seems like, you know, if you do an interview with Jeremy W. Miller, it's got to be sponsored by uh, chewing tobacco. Yeah. Um, and I don't even know if he chews. Uh, what I was going to say is, you remember when we first started the podcast, the fake ads we did? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, it would just come to our head and we would just pop them down. And the, the, Elon, the Elon Musk <laughs> flamethrower. I specifically remember that one for some reason. <laughs> all right yes. Anyways, those, those audio files are long gone i believe I, I have them all on a usb really yeah um all right let's let's open this up here we got pacers mailbag time got some questions here from twitter today <clears throat> um first question here is not really pacers specific but about a former pacers employee uh, Lloyd Pierce was fired from the Atlanta Hawks. Um, and so now Nate McMillan is stepping into the head co- coaching role for the remainder of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, question is, how many mid-range shots will Trey Young be taking for the rest of this year? But on a serious note, what are your thoughts on McMillan getting another chance? And I will say before you go into this, uh, there was a quote on Twitter. Armchair Hawks had, had uh, tagged us in it. They're, they're pretty active with us on Twitter. And uh, they the quote from Nate McMillan already used the uh, execute for 48 minutes in it. So he's already said that before even coaching a game. Um, so what are your thoughts on McMillan? Very shortly after getting fired from the Pacers, now he gets another opportunity. It'll be interesting to see because if they make the playoffs right now, they're below us. I think they have 14 wins. We have 15 wins. They've played all their games, I believe. So they have a few more losses. But let's say we start sucking real bad. The Heart Hornets, let's say they make the playoffs and make a little noise. I could see them keeping that job, which would be crazy with Trey Young. I don't think that's what you want with Trey Young. But time will tell. He's not a bad coach. I mean, he's a good, like, gap coach for a franchise. Like, he'd be good on the Knicks, I feel like, or a team that has needed it. Now that the Knicks are good, maybe not. But, you know, it was only a matter of time before he got an opportunity and there's so many former Pacers coaches that go on to do better things. And it's hard to, and sucks to even say, but that's the truth. I don't think Nate's going to win a title anywhere. That would shock me to no end, but at the same time, I could see him having success if they rehire him, if they make the playoffs, that's, but that could be a long shot. So I'm happy for the guy. I have no real ill will. He just really wasn't the guy we wanted. Yeah. I, uh, it, I mean, Lloyd Pierce definitely underachieves. Uh, I'm not saying the, the moves they made this offseason should have catapulted them. Um, I, I, I said from the beginning, I thought the Hawks were, you know, overrated going into the season. And, you know, the, the roster construction, it's just a weird mix of, of young guys and veteran players. Um, I think they added, you know, a few guys that were, you know, over the hill. They added Rondo, um, Gallinari, you know, he's still pretty decent, but still. Um, he's getting up there in age. Bogdan Bogdanovich, we haven't even seen much of him. So no. I don't know. I, I kind of disagree. I, I don't know if McMillan's in, in a good position here, um, s- specifically because, you know, if you're the Hawks, you want to get the most out of your young players on this roster. You want Trey Young to keep blooming. DeAndre Hunter, you know, you got Cam Reddish, uh, John Collins, who Kevin may or may Herter. not be with the team again next year. Yeah, Kevin Herter. So you've got a lot of young guys that you're trying to get the most out of. And, and that's not what McMillan does. He, he will coach this team to regular season success. You know, he'll get them some wins when they're not supposed to win. Uh, but as far as development goes, these young guys, I feel, are, feel like they're going to take a big hit um, going forward with McMillan as the head coach just because – you know, just look at his track record. Um, it's just something that we don't see much of. Yeah, but with that roster, I don't know if he's got to play the young guys. It's not like those guys aren't going to play. So I just think if they make the playoffs, <clears throat> I could see a scenario where maybe they re-sign them. But I, at the same time, I don't expect them to make the playoffs. So it'll be – he's got a nice long window here till the end of the season. I don't think they're going to fire two coaches. So time will tell. Yeah, and just imagine that conversation between him and Trey Young where he tells Trey Young that he's going to have to start playing defense. <laughs> um, right. 
that will be a fun conversation. So, all right, next question here. We kind of talked about this a little bit with uh, W, but uh, about Kevin Pritchard. But the question is, um, with the way the Pacers are currently playing during this stretch, upcoming games on the schedule, do you think that Kevin Pritchard is on the hot seat? Yes. I mean, you can't miss the playoffs after making the playoffs however many straight years in a new head coach with the same roster and not be on the hot seat. There's no way he's going to be fired. But if he puts two seasons like this together, I would 100% expect him to make a change there. But Hot seat, yes. Yeah, I, I don't – if you're talking hot seat, you know, for the current year, it's – the burner is maybe on like a two out of 10. You're not on max maximum, you know, hot mm. speed, hot on the burner yet. And we're on like a solid two right now, maybe a three or four. Uh, however, this month plays out, but Kevin Pritchard is not getting fired this year. Um, he will be back next season. And it's like I said, I, I'm not coming at Kevin Pritchard as much as Jake does. Jake is, he's going at him very hard. Um, <laughs> and, and I understand his gripes, um, but Pritchard's also done a lot of good so far. Um, he kind of inherited a bad situation and, you know, for a couple of years made the most out of it. And obviously now's the time when we need to see him actually catapult this team, you know, in the upper echelon in the Eastern conference. Um, so yeah, he's not on the hot seat this year, but if the Pacers do miss the playoffs and then have another underwhelming season next year, where they, let's say, get swept in the first round or don't make the playoffs, then I think that goes up to a 9 or a 10, and I think he's gone. Yeah, it's literally just the drafting. Like, he made a coaching change at the right <clears throat> time, I thought, even though he screwed up and gave them the extension, which I thought was dumb in the moment, and then, what, a month later, fired him. But other than that, it's literally just the drafting. So whatever you're doing draft-wise, whoever's in your ear, change it because it's not working. And that's literally the only gripe any fan could have because the trades you've made, the trades you've made in the moment. And, you know, maybe the year after people have, have really enjoyed the trade, agreed with the trade. It's literally just the drafting. Yeah. And I think contract wise, I mean, he's done a really good job. Brogdon, you know, you could say at the time it was a little bit of an overpay, but I think 20 million for him solid, you know, Sabonis is only making 19 million for the next three or four years. Miles Turner, you know, he's making 17 or 18 million. We, you know, obviously there's scrapes with him, but I still think that's a decent contract. Yeah. Um, so there, there's, you know, contract wise, I think he's done a good job. He hasn't got this team and, you know, financially tied up for the next several years. But, you know, if, if, uh, if he doesn't, you know, it, it's time for him. And I think he knows he's getting to that point in time where, you know, he's got to take a shit or he's got to get off the pot you know, specifically with these, these two bigs. So, yeah, well, I don't, I don't think that it happens this year. If there's a deal, that's, that's something in the summer, but, you know, to answer the question, kind of going off, you know, all, you know, just spur, spur all over the place right now, but to answer that specific question, no, I do not think he's on the hot seat right now. All right. Next question here. Uh, Jake light third member of the podcasting here. He was, He's been on a lot more active on the Twitter account here recently. You know, just a lot of negative negativity is not only being put through on the podcast waves, but now he's he's made it onto Twitter, which is just I got on there last night. And I mean, I'll be honest, like there's notification after notification, people just in the mentions like complaining at him. So I knew he had tweeted some dumb shit, which he obviously did. Um, and so people were going in on him, um, you know, the follower account, I, I checked that the followers followers have went down, you know, the last two games where he's been tweeting. So he's lost us some followers with some of the shit takes. Um, and this take wasn't necessarily bad, but in the moment, you know, he, he probably could have phrased whatever he said, you know, better. But the question here is, this was a question I sent in just cause I wanted to talk about it, but, uh, you know, he went on a Twitter rampage last night, game four, and he went after Goga Batadze, which, yeah, you know, to some people, they, they did not appreciate that. So do you think that his criticism of Goga uh, in that game, in the moment, what he said, do you think it's justified? Do you, do you have the receipts? Because I was loving the Goga hate. Because anybody that comes at us for hating Goga, it's like, dude, what are you, 
like one, we're kind of kidding. Like we all hope he gets better and is useful, but he literally has not been. And anybody who disagrees with that is the dumbest person alive. So what did he say? Uh, I think his tweet was just something to the effect of Goga is not good at all. (laughs) Dude, I, I agree. Like out of all the things you can say that Jake might've lost us some followers, that is not one of the reasons. And if that is, we don't want those followers anyway. Yeah, he, he, he's uh, – I, I don't necessarily disagree with the tweet. Um, he's just – his Twitter game, you know, from even following his personal account, you know, the stuff he retweets and says on there, he, his Twitter game is like a 2 out of 10. It's not very strong. Um, his argument backs – you know, he's not very good at arguing back. So he's a solid 2 out of a 10 tweeter on his personal account. And it just is starting to reflect on our Twitter page now as he's lost us, you know, a decent chunk of followers with some of the shit <laughs> He's going to get mad at this for sure. All right. So moving on here. Uh, if the Pacers cannot keep up in the playoff standings, do you think that they should look at tanking the rest of the season, trying to get healthy, and also trying to get after a top 10 draft pick? It, to me, this is the perfect year to do it. Ten less games. The draft class looks relatively strong. The more college basketball I'm watching, the more guys I'm, I'm falling in love with. And you, we just said the GM and coach aren't really on the hot seat no matter what. So is there's not really a better time to do it. There's three teams in the Eastern Conference alone that will never win a game against. I mean, the Bucks, the 76ers, and the Nets. I mean, those three teams – we can't win a game in, in a playoff game. And if I see us fully healthy, maybe I'll change that tune, but I don't think they ever would. Cause I think there's too much pride. I still think they're worried about losing fans, but at the same time, the capacity it doesn't really matter if fans are going or not. It's the perfect time to do it. And I'm almost always against tanking, but there's a strong argument there in my opinion. Well, yeah. I mean, even look at last season, I mean, they got, you know, you know, last season is probably a bad example because of everything that happened and, um, yeah. you know, with the season getting pushed back. But they they lost in the first round, you know, got swept. And the year before that as well, they were swept. So, um, and the year before that, they were swept. Holy shit, they've gotten swept three years in a row now. God. No, wait, no. Two years in a row. Sorry, it's two years. Anyways, it's it's been three out of four years. Sorry. So anyways, uh, um, I don't know where I was going with that. But anyways, if you look back on that year, you're like, wow, we should have really we really really should have, you know, instead of, you know, after Oladipo got hurt, we should have just threw up the white flag and and tanked and got a good draft pick. And so when you look back, you're like, we should have done this. We should have done that. And, And and so now's the time to actually do it. And this team is not competing this season. And just think if you can add a young player, you know, even with Pritchard's, you know, you know, draft history thus far, um, you know, it, it, it is, you see very often that people screw up top 10 draft picks. I, I personally would do it. And yeah. it's not going to be an easy message to send to the locker room. So you have that aspect of it. There's not going to be guys that are going to want to mail it in. So I can see that. So what you really have to come down to is you can't make the decision today. You have to let this month, this next month play out, see where we're at. Are we, we're not going to be 500 at the end of March. It's not happening. This team's going to be below 500, but how many games will they be below 500? If they're, you know, 10 plus games below 500 at the end of this month, that's when you probably have that conversation. You know, TJ Warren isn't coming back this year. Mm -hmm. Let's let him get back to full health. Let's sit him. Let's get DeMontis, you know, some some rest. Let's get Malcolm some more rest. And, and I think at that point in time, that's probably when you have that conversation. And it's going to be a tough conversation because these guys aren't going to want to sit out and, and do things like that. But can you just imagine adding, you know, a top 10 caliber player to this roster? You know, a wing guy that we've we so Cunningham. If Cade Cunningham joined the Pacers, <laughs> I would be so happy. And with the new lottery like system that they implemented you don't even have to be the worst team to get the number one pick like the the number one pick the last couple years i don't think was the worst team you just got to be relatively bad in the conversation and you know the ping pong balls can fall your way more than they have 
two years. I think Zion was the first year they, they tampered with that. So they, I think they wanted to get him on a bigger market is why, but it's been like that since where it's not exactly the worst team that gets the number one overall pick. So all you got to do is miss the playoffs. And I, I think this team, the way they're playing now, it's very likely that they, that could happen. Yeah. And, and I mean, if you're in that outside part of the top 10, you know, at that point, you're, it's really hard for you to catapult into the top 10, that 11 through 14 range. But if you're in that top 10, that specifically that top seven or eight, you really you have a small chance, but you have a chance to actually, you know, jump up there and get that, you know, top three pick. I believe the Pelicans that one year, they might have they weren't the worst team, but they jumped up into it. Yeah. Um, who had the number one pick last season? The Timberwolves, Timberwolves. they weren't the worst team. So they jumped them up to it, I believe. So, yeah, I mean, you just got to get in that range. And, and I mean, the odds aren't certainly they aren't in your favor, but uh, it, it's it's definitely a conversation that that needs to be had between the front office and and coaches to look ahead of the future, because this season, you know, they might make the playoffs, but they're not going to go very far. So the Colts have had several number one overall picks in my lifetime. Have the Pacers had number one overall picks in our lifetime? I can't think of any. No, the uh, the highest pick they had was, you know, recent memory was number two, and that was Rick Smith. Yeah. Um, and since then, I believe the highest that they've like been 11. is number five. They wow. traded up, actually. So they didn't have this pick. They traded Antonio Davis to the Raptors for pick five. I believe it was the 98 draft. And they selected Jonathan Bender. So just just having that top, I mean, just a top five pick would be so exciting for a franchise that never gets it, you know? Yeah. And I mean, Jonathan Bender wasn't a bad pick at the time. You know, he was many, he was, he was Kevin Durant before Kevin Durant. Let's just be honest here. Uh, injuries, you know, just plagued his career. So absolutely, um, that has nothing to do with the Pacers now, but that's just kind of potential that you have there at that pick it is a guy like, you know, not like Jonathan Bender, but just a guy that, you know, you can bring in, maybe make a starter, solid player off the bench. Um, and, and he's, and it'll be cheap. Um, you know, because be a rookie deal for the next several years. So that's it definitely is a win-win there for the Pacers. Yeah. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, which is more likely to happen? The Pacers trade for an all-NBA caliber player like a Bradley Beal, or they trade their own players to start tanking. Hmm. Say it again, Bradley Beal or trade players to tank. So they trade a package together for an all NBA type player, or they just mail it in and say, all right, we're going to tank miles Turner. We're going to trade you for a couple picks. Um, you know, TJ Warren, you're gone for a couple picks. I would probably, I mean, that's a tough one. Cause I don't, <laughs> I don't think that they would trade players to tank. Um, but I also don't think they would trade. They would, they wouldn't make a risky play, like dealing a bunch of assets for Bradley Beal. So that's a tough question. Um, but I, I'd probably say they would trade for an all NBA player, even though I think the chances are, you know, 1% from a 0.5% from trading players to tank. So there's not much of a difference between the two, but if I had to pick, I'd say they trade for an all NBA type player because it's like you said, they don't want to tank and trade away, you know, these assets because they don't want to lose fans. So I, say, I would I'd say agree that. Yeah. I'd say more likely because there's a lot of role players on this team. So I think if you're in the front office and something happens where you only have to give up two, two of these role players and you get a superstar, I could see them just going with it and be like, all right, we're just going to keep rolling this. We got some bonus. We got some of these guys under contract. We got Brogdon. There's there's still foundations. Maybe this could fix our problems. I could see them doing that way before they agree to a full tank and trading assets. But we'll see what March brings. If it's a bad and, March, maybe that changes. And obviously, you have to have a player on board that you trade for in this situation. You have to have that player on board to want to come here. So Bradley Beal's got to want to come to Indiana for you to want to mortgage you know, your roster and future draft picks to make that move. But yeah. both sides win. So, like, the Pacers have the, the the pieces and the draft capital to make a deal like that. 
-hmm. not saying that they could go out and get James Harden, but to get James Harden, a guy who, you know, is a top 10 player in this league, and he's certainly turning into an MVP candidate with the way he's been playing as of late. Yeah. It took, let's just look at it. It took Karis LeVert, Jarrett Allen, a couple shit bags, and a bunch of first round picks for James Harden. I mean, the Pacers, you know, they definitely have solid core pieces that they could package together. Not saying they're going to go out and get James Harden, but they have solid core pieces. They have the draft capital where they could just be like, all right, we're going to go get Bradley Beal. You can pick, you know, out of these guys, you know, Sabonis is, 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 un- you can't have him, but pick two or three of these guys. We'll give you three first round picks. Here you go. All of our second round picks that we've accumulated because we have a million of those. Yeah. So it's like the Pacers are, are, are in a position to make a move like this. Um, and in and, years uh, past, you didn't have these desirable assets like I think you do now. I think compared to like the last three or four years, you didn't have a Levert award and, you know, guys that actually other teams want. You know, the yeah. core guys you had that the other teams wanted, you weren't moving on. So that's definitely something to be said for there. Yeah, and I mean, it's a risk. I mean, the Nets made a risk trading all that for, um, you know, James Harden. The Clippers made a risk trading all that for Paul George a couple of years ago, and so far it hasn't played out. But still, you have to make those types of deals to get a player of that caliber. And so the Pacers are in position to do it. I don't think they would pull the trigger on a move like that. But um, to say this roster isn't capable of making a deal like that for, you know, a top 15, 20 player in this league, that's asinine because they have the resources to do so. All right. Last thing here, and this is just looking at this schedule that we've, you know, looked, talked about so much this podcast, then we'll uh, let you guys go. It's a longer podcast than usual since we didn't really want to recap the games recently because it's been so negative. And obviously, you know, being so negative, we didn't want to come on the shows right after because it just was, you know, it's breaking us down. So obviously we had to start this show off with Jeremy W. Miller, who in him in itself, you know, that first part was very negative, but that's just, that's just what we expected there from old W. Looking at the schedule here, I'm going to go through each of these games and you're going to tell me win or loss just off the top of your head with no research. And you're going to tell me what the Pacers March schedule is going to be. Got it. And this will wrap up the show after this is done. But it's our final thing here. Pacers schedule in March starting tomorrow on Wednesday at Cleveland. Is that a win or a loss? I'm going to say win because it's got to be. I don't. I can't see us losing, what, five straight or four straight? I'd say win. All right. One and oh. Uh, versus the Nuggets. Loss. All right. One and one at the Lakers. Loss. One and two. At Suns. Loss. There's playing one and three. At the Nuggets. I'm just gonna say win because it's always you're always gonna get one that we didn't expect. So win. Two and three there. Uh to start the season off. First five games. Hawk has us two and three. Next game versus the Nets. Loss. Two and four. All right. So we have Back-to-back games here. We're currently two and four. At this point in time, you and I are going to be in Las Vegas, pretty hammered up, having a good time. Both of these yep. games, I believe, are going on during that time frame. Hell yeah! Pacers are currently two and four, and they have back-to-back games in Miami against the Heat. <sighs> I mean, <laughs> recent history would say that's double losses. You know, like I'll say split. Just to be optimistic, but I mean, they swept us out of the playoffs last year, so I wouldn't be surprised. All right, three and five, currently on the month of March here. All right, at Milwaukee. Loss. Three and six versus Detroit. At home? Yes. Win. So four and six. All right, at Dallas. Loss. At Dallas is always tough for us. Four and seven at Washington. Oh, who knows if Beal's there? Like, that's just a, I'll say loss. Four and eight, and the final game of March against the Miami Heat. Loss. Four and nine. 
Oh my goodness. with a, a win against Denver. Like, so that's. And, and so that they're currently 15 and 18. So that would put them at uh, what I say, four and nine. So 19 mm-hmm. and uh, 27 would be their record at the end of this month. And that's bad. And what about those two games we missed? Are those going to be made up at any point or is that just. Yes. Yeah, so those are already, already on the schedule. In? Okay. Yeah, those are already on the schedule. I think uh, the Suns one is actually one of them. And then the Spurs one, I believe, is in April or May. Um, so, yeah, that's that's I think if, if, if your prediction's right here, the Pacers go four or nine. That's when you start to have that conversation of, you know, is it time to, you know, mail it in? Um, yeah. But also to be a little bit more positive here, Karis LeVert, you know, after that second game here we have coming up against the Nuggets in this month, Karis LeVert is said to be expected to return to the Pacers at some point this month. So, you know, they might keep losing games, um, but we'll at least have something else that we can watch and look forward to. So, so there's that. Yep, definitely. That's the only thing I'm really looking forward to the rest of the year. Yeah. So, all right, that's all I got. Anything else before uh, from you before we close this up? No, I can't think of anything. All right. Yeah, I'm thinking, you know, next episode, you know, All-Star break coming up. We'll have, uh, I think, some trade machine uh, going on there. I know Jake definitely wanted to comment on that. He loves playing around with the trade machine. Oh, yeah. And, and then also, I think we give out our midseason awards. So we'll we'll go through and pick our awards for the midseason for, for what's currently played out. So really interesting. that'll wrap up this episode of the podcast hope you guys enjoyed it and uh you know just stay afloat you know stay positive you know you know definitely you know from the from our tweets and and our podcasts you know definitely don't get like us you know stay positive about life if you go on twitter you see a jake light tweet from the born ready to pod account i mean just stay positive dude i know it's tough to see the tweets that he sends out you get such a negative vibe but you just got to push through it. Don't let it bother you. Just, just let it go. Have a positive mindset on life, baby. That's all I got to say to end this show. Yeah. You're bigger than your problems. (laughs) Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening. See ya.